welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. It's a daily podcast in which we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at No Clutch Nate. I'm Doc from Man of Steel Answers Insight Commentary. I cover a mosaic of topics for fans who love the Man of Steel and these DC films. You can find me at manofsteelanswers.com. That was professional. Maybe not two. Two is is a little but I've said that like 67 times for all my episodes, so it just comes out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we get it. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, cool. Awesome. It is so good to have you on board to talk about uh, the incredible film Suicide Squad. Academy Uh, Award winning. The Oscar winning movie comic book film superhero movie uh i i think that's that's the best i can do um yeah it's uh it's uh what what do you remember most about this film go right off the bat like what is uh what's your fondest memory of this film I think the single fondest memory is this cast. You know, I love these characters. Uh, I'm a fan of Deadshot. I'm a fan of uh, subversive stories and, you know, uh, military involvement. So all of that kind of stuff, uh, that's what I took away, that these characters, they still have a story to tell. They still have movies that they can be in. Uh, I want to see these guys come together again or pop up in other places. That's that, that's the biggest takeaway. Some of the other stuff, maybe not so much, but as far as loving these characters, I love these characters. That's, I feel like he just wrote an essay in like five, five sentences. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, I mean, on almost hits every beat of why people uh, really like this film. Um, today we're going to be talking about, or this whole week rather, we're going to be talking about pretty much the, the three most important characters uh, that being Amanda Waller, uh, Deadshot himself, and then Harley Quinn, um, and even uh, some of Gotham's finest uh, personnel, uh, right towards the very end of the week. Um, but starting off this one for minute six, it's going to start off with um, this little back and forth between Amanda Waller and these businessmen, these shadowy creatures <laughs> inside the cicada. Shadowy or shady? Both. What do you think the difference is? What is the difference? You've, if you're a shadowy person, it's like an adjective, but then being shady is... Oh, that's still an adjective. <laughs> um, it's the same. Okay, okay, I got you. Yeah, so we're like we're in this we're in this kind of suspect suspicious like cicada restaurant, and they rented out the whole place. Yeah, rented out the whole place. I just wonder what about the expensing of that? You know, like <laughs> oh yeah, yeah using yeah, yeah. government, you know, taxpayer money there. Mm-hmm. What were those things like? Hellfire clubs, you know, oh, they yeah. did, you know, with the Red Scare and all that jazz. Uh, I don't know if they were there playing was jazz. jazz. I don't know if it was jazz. jazz. It was a lot of uh, like Frankie Valley, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you guys covered it last week, but did you guys cover that? Uh, whether this guy is Admiral Mackenzie or Olson or no, we didn't cover it. I actually asked that um, when we were taking notes for this. Um, I I think it's Admiral Olson. I think. Mainly just because on the listing of the cast, mm-hmm. he's seen right after T-shirt guy, but before Amanda Waller. We're talking so about Stranger Things actor, right? Is he in Stranger Things? This guy? No, I, not, I didn't. No, not the Stranger Things guy. The the actual military. Uh, oh, the military uh, guy ranked. That... 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, actor Ted Whittle, he's, he was Rick Flagg on the Arrow TV show. Um, and, uh, okay, I, I'm going to keep bringing this up throughout this week, but yeah. the main thing I'm kind of stressing is sort of uh, issues of canonicity, right? So, in other words, you wouldn't know that he's Admiral Olsen except by looking at the credits, right? Mm-hmm. Because that, that, that name never comes up during the uh, episode itself. But if you actually look at his badge, I think it says Mackenzie on there. So then you have a sort of a conflict or a contradiction. Yeah. And uh, the question is, which one do you defer to? Uh, we actually had something like that back in uh, Man of Steel as well. You had um, uh, Captain Farris, you mm-hmm. know, uh, the, the, the woman that says, uh, I think he's kind of hot. But yep. in the credits, it calls him Major Carrie, uh, Carrie Farris. So then your question is, was she a captain or was she a major? And uh, so that's something that we'll bring up later, like in terms of, you know what things are canon, what things aren't canon. Which which do you defer to, or what uh, what, what what do you defer to? Does do they that, talk about her promotion in Man of yeah, Steel? Yeah, I was gonna say. Because I guess does like she get by, promoted at the end, and right? I guess by, by BBS, like, by BBS, yeah. she, oh, by she BBS, is clearly, she, is. she clearly is a major, and both yes. in the credits and and in in the uh, film itself. But uh, during the during the film at the at the end of that um, mm-hmm. Man of Steel, she's wearing a captain's hat. She's still referred to a captain. So I guess sometime between the end of the film and the credits, she got an upgrade to major. Major. Yeah, um, I guess what is the Swan credits say, was the promotion. They were like maybe maybe like, take a good look at that credits. There's your promotion. Does Swanwick <laughs> say get back in the car, Captain? Like back back in the car, Captain. What does he say? Think Dan? Whatever. What is smiling about, Captain? He, yeah, he he says Captain in, in okay in, uh, in the actual film. All right, so, so so you know in film dialogue does it trump credits? Well, just just a quick aside. Uh, you know Ewoks is never used in uh, mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi. So how do we know that they're Ewoks? Only because it's referred to. Uh, outside of the film itself, in the credits and in other places. Okay. Toys Anyways, and whatnot, yeah. <laughs> Welcome yeah. back to Man of Steel Minute. Uh, <laughs> Again. Redo. Yeah. Um, redo. One day we'll do that. One day we'll, uh, we, the three of us will have to do like a revisit to one of the one of the more popular minutes of Man of Steel because um, we could go all day about that film. No, no. Yeah. As you do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so, so by credits, I guess this is, yeah, this is Admiral Olsen and then Dexter, uh, Tolliver is, uh, is across the table. What's his name? Dexter Tolliver. Is that what it is? T O L L I V E R. Yeah. I, that's all, that's all I got. I was just pinpoint pointing my finger at who's at the I, table. <laughs> when it comes to the, like, um, what do we, what were we calling them last week? We were saying something like these Argus, the, the star labs, the, the black room, like. These personnel that work there, like Keith Griggs and Rick Flag, yeah, and Steve Trevor, like I have such a hard time keeping up with those, and I think it's just because, like, um, you know, with superheroes, it's like you know the costume, the wardrobe defines who the character is, so it's very memorable. But then when it's like we're gonna introduce, like, uh, I think there were some characters even in, in Dawn of Justice um, that I just couldn't keep track of, like. Um, who they're based off of, you know, so. Yeah, or if they're just, like, thrown in just because they need some sort of military official. Yeah. And just, I think that's what this is happening right now. They like, just I didn't need know, these guys. I didn't know Keith Griggs, who's in this film, was, like, based off comic book characters, what I'm trying to say, because yeah. they seem so similar. But um, in this minute, uh, he's he's telling Amanda Waller that she's playing with fire, and she retorts that she's fighting fire with fire. Um this is minute six, by the way. Did we say that? I said I have no idea. I wasn't listening to you at all. I minute, just it just hit me that we're minute starting number this. six. Yeah. Um. And so, um, I I would like to think that 
you know, she's right, but he's right too because she enjoys this. You know, like the the aspect of playing with fire. It's like, yes, you might be fighting fire with fire. Like you might be, you know, the metahuman thesis is you know true after all. And yeah. we're gonna, you know, I don't think she said the line like the next war will be fought with them, but she is right in taking a preemptive measure to obtain metahumans for use. But, um, and I'm not saying she's right as in that's an ethical thing to do, but what I'm (laughs) saying is she is right about what she's saying, but he's right too, because deep down and especially looking at minute number five, she enjoys this. So she really is playing with fire. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, just one of the things I like about it is that uh, she, she she does mention uh, that the next Superman might not. So the whole context of this, the whole uh, ability to re-raise this plan is because of the metahuman context or threat. She, she you know, the whole reason she can do this is because Superman passed away. And I love that this is a straight face scene where like these serious VIPs are just talking about Superman with a straight face, right? They're talking about yeah. metahumans, you know, comic book figures, like witches, gangsters, you know, that whole business. Mm-hmm. Um, just completely straight faced because that that's the context that, you know, Superman yeah. has opened up for this world. That's that, the reality that's awesome. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I definitely think she thinks it's awesome because she's, you know, she's in this very elevated position where she gets to look down at this at this planet as kind of like a chessboard of, of sorts and, and to see like, Ooh, look at this interesting character. And, and she thinks of that as like, with like a collector's mindset, you know, like, like, Ooh, that would be nice to have. And like kind of in your possession kind of thing. Yeah. I get what you mean. I'm wondering, does her outlook on metahumans, does it match? Does it match, uh, Lex Luthor's from Dawn of justice? Um, because it's on some levels I was, trying to find the path there yeah and because she's she's obviously enthused about obtaining metahumans for her personal use and to using leverage to get them mm-hmm. and she's enthused about metahumans that way and i'm wondering if if lex luther is or not on the same page as her and if he's not like who's who's like being more smart about this you know because i don't know it's um, it's like think of Lex Luthor that was going to pretty much hold Superman at a figurative gunpoint. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and say, also, do this, do this, do this. Um, but with Wonder Woman, yeah, with the photograph. Yeah, with that, it's like they he had it like more so like a you know blackmail hostage kind of kind of situation. Leverage, leverage, I guess. But with Amanda, yeah, there's still leverage there, but it's also like. She's not you're going working. after the big fish. Yeah, and it's it's like you're working for me. Like with your I'm using your abilities. I'm using you as a tool and not using you as a hostage or whatever. I'm using you as a tool. There's always I mean the facade is that there's always there's a there's a light at the end of the tunnel for Task Force X and Suicide Squad and whatnot. That's the facade. Just like how Batman says that the that the lie was the light, that everything was going to be good, that he could bring justice to his family and his parents and stuff like that. It's the same sort of motive that you give these characters. And it's, you know, a very fine line between hero and villain at that point. But it's like, there's nowhere to go. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. With Lex and Amanda, they thought the same, but very different levels. It's like he had more of a conquer the world. She has more of a, I need to use you like you're just a tool 
It's like when, you know, someone using a candle versus a dude inventing a light bulb said, yo, I'm going to use this light bulb. Hmm. And like, yo, I'm still going to use fire. It still has its uses, but yeah, can't I think, control it. Uh, both of them uh, just use metahumans basically as a pretense for their own issues with um, power, I guess. Yeah. Like uh, Lex, uh, of course, he wanted to accumulate power all through his life. He used knowledge to do it. He used uh, deceit and criminal activity to do it. But he's always behind the scenes. Uh, and the thing that frustrates him about metahumans is the ones that are in the light. I mean, he knows about all those other guys in the shadows, but he doesn't care about them. He cares about Superman because he's in the light. Now, with Waller, uh, she, this is the second time she's pitched this plan. That's what that's what uh, uh, at least second. or Olsen yeah. calls out, right? So yeah. uh, the thing that, that flips the switch for her to move forward this time is that, again, the, the they're in the light, but she wants to drag them back into the dark. She wants them to be non-attributable. She wants them to mm-hmm. be disposable. So... Uh, that that plan always existed. That desire to get power, that desire to use people. Uh, I think the the metahuman aspect is just a pretense. It's something that escalates, it amplifies it, that gives her an excuse to to make it go forward this time. Yeah, I really do like how they use the death of Superman as like this big, like military problem kind of deal. <laughs> it's like, oh, what are we gonna do now? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's always that thing, and it's it's that whole like homeland security has like been jeopardized now. It's oh, what do we do now? I think uh, I think she's probably pitched this team before and like it started out as you know just disposable covert ops team like maybe the metahuman thing wasn't a thing until superman showed up but you know before uh um before mankind meets superman it's like uh just using regular prisoners you know like that was like her start with it and then like it built and then she was like all right now they gotta be metahumans now. Yeah, it's like I, I absolutely agree. I think that's exactly it. So this is why he's like, don't please don't tell me it's like this task force X project of yours again. Um uh with Task Force S. This is the first actual mention that we have in this in this film. Um how do you guys feel about that name? Because I It's I, hard to say, man. It is hard <laughs> to say. <laughs> I think I just said it, I missaid it, uh misspoke it spoken it um but uh i like the name more than i like suicide squad i know it's harder to it's more of a tongue twister but it's more yeah. uh legitimately military because uh when you do have task force they they are called that they, but usually there's just enumerated enumerated by number so it's yeah. task force one task force two task force three so x just means that that x factor that x squad that variable uh team that you call in for everything <laughs> mm-hmm Mm-hmm. It could be changed. It's not like one. It's a certain amount of people, or different people can come in and out of it. Mm-hmm. Things. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe somewhere down the line, they thought it sounded too much like something that has to do with X Men. Maybe <laughs> maybe there was, maybe there was a problem. Maybe people were getting confused and could be. Yeah. Did it start with? It, it was always Suicide Squad from the beginning. It was both. It was called Task Force S. Task Force Cold Task Suicide Force. Squad. X also had other remember like checkmate was a part of task yeah, force yeah, yeah. and and fair but i'm saying like the the run when it was released it was called task force s or was it called well, yeah, it was in legend, a government in organization yeah. called suicide squad so <laughs> <laughs> yeah when it was released they, they also the, called the them the suicide squad. publication yeah in, in the legends line that they came out in in that whole okay that was my question yeah um not, was it number six? If I feel like it was number six. If it is, then it goes along with the minute. And hey, that's, yeah, that's we're pretty on, cool. We're on minute six. There you go. Um, um, so 
she's talking about that um, she wants to talk about Task Force-esque, obviously. And she says, but this time you're going to listen. And then we get hit with all the goodies that are inside this binder that she threw down. Um, and the first one up is the one and only uh, main protagonist of this movie, question mark. Um, it's Floyd Lawton, a.k.a. Deadshot, a.k.a. The Human Arsenal. Because it says that in this in this yeah. flashback. It was Legends number three, by the way. So Legends number never three. Never mind. Yeah. We're, we're, um, we're off. Um, yeah, keep going. Yeah, so we're hit with this kind of, uh, what'd you call it? A dossier. Do- dossier. dossier. Um, it's a little different than the one that's in this Art of book. But uh, yeah, there's some goodies in this uh, in this little segment here. I think we get uh, some demographics. There's a ID number, which I'm not sure if it's his social ID. Um, write it down. Write it down. Yeah, man. but there's just like there's even like a whole identity history uh, summary in this. And I wish it was better. Hmm? I wish it was better resolved so we can see it. Are you making fun of the quality? No, that be, I because I don't think film? it was. I don't think it's ever been in focus. Um, I think just the top <laughs> dead shot and like his picture. Yeah. Um, hey, check it. It says uh, Gotham, New Jersey. I have a lot of thoughts about that. I have a lot of thoughts it. about that. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, no, look, the big thing is whether these dossier kind of things are, ca- you know, canon or not. And basically they're written by, uh, you know, production staff, right? You have some mm-hmm. uh, poor person who has to make a prop and, and you say, like, generate a ton of text. <laughs> and they got to generate a lot of text. And of course, they'll draw from traditional sources like, uh, the comic books and in the comic books, Gotham has been in Jersey a lot of times. Right. Yeah. Um, but in this universe, uh, you already have a slight contradiction because, uh, if you look at, uh, let me see, it's BVS and BVS. Um, you have those Gotham fun chuck checks to, uh, to, uh, Wallace Keith when he sends them back mm-hmm. to Bruce. And on there you have an address that says Gotham city, uh, NF, <laughs> there's no state nf but uh the point is it's, it's not new jersey right and, yeah uh same thing if you look in bvs you can also look at the two map They're, they have two aerial maps one is yeah uh, the national military command when uh you know uh swanwick mm-hmm. yeah when they're looking at the nuke site and also when uh alfred is watching batman fly over strikers island and you can see that yeah. coastal geometry doesn't match anywhere so uh you know it, it's clear that it's not New Jersey, right? <laughs> Even if they put it here. So then the question is, you know, if you have a contradiction, which, which way do you resolve it? And mm-hmm. I think this is the kind of thing you just have to let go, right? It's, uh, yeah. it's not that Yeah, I mean, serious. I'm taking it. Yeah, <laughs> grain of salt. I, yeah. I always thought that Gotham was in New Jersey because I thought it was supposed to be like Jersey City. And yeah, uh, but never actually called New Jersey. It's just like that's where it yeah. would be, and that's just what it represents. Yeah, that's where it would be. But uh, in in Donald Justice, there was a lot of, and, and and that's weird because there's a you know when it comes to numbers, and I think I don't know if we're gonna get to it in this minute, but one of these minutes this week has numbers involved, and uh, I always try to find like what the numbers mean because if we don't, then someone else will, and then they'll <laughs> yell at us online about hey those numbers mean something. So I've been like convinced that every number means something yeah so and it kind of goes with all the little tiny minutiae but it's weird that out of all the things that got overlooked in dawn of justice it was like this the state was like always made up it wasn't like they didn't come out with anything concrete like like this is um because even on the lex Luthor invitation to the yeah the 
party, the gala. Just says Metropolis. It says no. Or it says, no, no it's, it's, it gives us it says, Metropolis yeah, it coordinates. It says Park Ridge DM. DM being district yeah. of Metropolis. So that's a federal. Yeah. District. See, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, I, uh, my 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 view is you just don't take it too seriously because in BBS. I think the obituary has a bunch of mistakes, like his birth year is off by six years and the article restarts itself at a certain point. If you go back to Emma, uh, Man of Steel, Lois's first article, you, you get to glimpse it on the phone really briefly. It's it's completely appalling, not, you know, uh, uh, Pulitzer level, so or Pulitzer level. So, uh, oh, one more, in BBS, all the longitude and latitude coordinates are nonsense, mm-hmm. they're flipped. So a lot of this is just production staff you know, they've got to generate a lot of details. They've got to generate a lot of numbers and not everything is going to be, you know, bulletproof and airtight. You just got to roll with it. Let it go. <laughs> um, this one, this seems like, um, it seemed like someone cared about it and was like, oh, I'm going to just write up stuff. And it's like, it may not have like been like approved or like, you know, verified, but they were like, you know, someone, Someone looks like they were definitely like uh, passionate about writing this uh, this whole like mock dossier. Um, in the in the cinematic that follows thereafter, we kind of get like um, you guys are gonna have to answer this question for me. What is this uh, monocle device called? Like, because I'm about to. Oh, I don't know. What I, do you mean? <laughs> I, I, what is it called? I think monocle is great. <laughs> yeah, I'll, monocle. I'll call it a monocle. Finder. Tech monocle. I wrote, yeah. Oh, uh, Te- oh, what's that thing? A- what's that thing from? Uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z, the the power monitors or whatever. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, and Dragon Ball Z. Oh, scouters. 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 Okay, all those Vegeta type characters have that yeah. thing on their arms. <laughs> those <laughs> scouters. <laughs> scouters. Oh, we should call it. I'm a cow. I'm gonna call it a scouter now. <laughs> so yeah, it, uh, cool little animation happens between his dossier and this kind of um, I don't know graphic showcase of the character. Yeah, it's um, like, like those it's splash like a, pages. It's like those, you know, uh, trading cards. It's it's very poster like. Yeah. And it's uh, like a one, video game character. And and one being real special thing about this shot is I think it may be one of the first times that something non literal has happened in this universe, right? In other words, if you go back into the other films, everything uh, is from the perspective of the people within the world, or at least in within their heads, if it's a dream sequence or something like that. But you know, Floyd never posed for, you know, a photo shot with a bunch of ammo raining from the sky, right? Within the universe. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's, that, this is completely stylistic. It's completely for us. It's not for the character. It's for the world. So you have to question it's, um, uh, again, it's, it's, it's weight onto canon. And the reason I keep, you know, the reason I keep bringing up this stuff is because people are going to bring it up later with Harley. But, uh, but you got to, you know, Who's the voice for this? In other words, who's who who who's generating this? It's not uh, Waller, right? Waller's not telling a story, and then she sits down and starts describing uh, this great splash shot, right? <laughs> so this is coming from this is coming from some other voice, uh, you know, in a literary analysis. This isn't this isn't coming from the world. So um, we we should give it appropriate weight for that reason. It's the book itself, like. The, the binder itself is a character in the film. Oh, yeah. And it's right. bringing us on a journey through the, the life it's been through. It started here in this restaurant, and then it got it had to go through the trials and tribulations of Midway City. I forgot this was a Woody Allen movie. And then it survived, and then they, the book is like a really old book who's reading itself to its younger kid 
for bedtime. Oh, now you're mixing in like bootstrap theory and with then, it. And, and that's, yeah, that's why he's theory. sarcastic now, right? That's why he yeah, throws in things like potato guns and uh, that little animation on the ex-wife and, you know, clear jokes. Right? <laughs> it's like revolver, but then also says musket. So maybe I don't know. Flair, I want to. It was just the, the kid binder was like, did he have a potato launcher too? And the book was like, hey, sure. I want to talk about things like that. <laughs> so going back, we're going to call it a monocle because he did have a monocle when he first appeared and like that whole magician kind of, he had a top hat, cane, monocle, yada, yada. That's what he Tech did. monocle. And then it turned into like more cyber monocle. I'm going to use it as like a scope kind of thing. Um, but he still kept the monocle. Oh, sorry, real quick about that original appearance. Yeah. So it, it, in his original appearance in the comic books, he started out as a crime fighter, but then his whole mm-hmm. evil plan was to replace uh, Batman, drive him out of the city, and then take over his crime boss. And yeah. if you read the dossier, uh, it does mention that he starts out as a vigilante here. But I think in the movie's universe, you kind of get a sense that if he starts out as a vigilante, it's more authentic, like... We don't have that, like, he intends to drive out Batman and become a crime boss. I think, at least in the movie universe, he actually is a hitman with a heart of gold. He probably started out wanting to take out bad guys and scum. Uh, and then, you know, maybe converted into yeah. maybe a darker uh, villain-type figure. Just that he saw a check. I was like, hey, I'm going yeah. to go this He's route. like, what? You can yeah. get paid for this? Yeah. And that's he when it, he didn't have all that's the. That's uh, it all went down. He didn't have the Wayne banking and his on his back, so he had to get his money the other way. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree with that. The I did think it was funny with the potato gun. I'm sure there was an instance in some Suicide Squad comic or something where he used a potato gun to kill some. I, you could probably look into that. Someone on the internet will, and it'll be fun. It's cool. I'm excited to see that send it our way. Um, but they also have a couple things. The um, Oh gosh, what kind of what what gun was it called? There was a machine gun that didn't no. have like a name to it, and it was just called machine gun. Yeah, so you, you got to question the, the authenticity of this because it doesn't mention his two like signature weapons in the games, his four uh, in the movie, the uh, forearm Glocks and his custom AR-15, right? Yeah. So I think these 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 uh, post production graphics these are more Buddha Jones, the trailer house, than David Ayer. You know what I'm saying? This Probably. Is a, this is a different they, they voice. Do. But if you if you kind of want to put it in movie, I, I'm just gonna throw it out there. I think Deadpool constructed all of these, right? Because I'm gonna be I'm gonna accidentally call Deadshot like Deadpool like 20 different times during this episode. Oh yeah, I think don't worry about that, it. That's sort of the spirit of it. I think like this other sort of uh, irreverent voice is making these little interstitials. Yeah, um, I mean, like we have this this little art of book, so they do go more in depth about those, and they're just like it's it's like on graph paper, it shows sketches and whatnot, but. But his actual gun, his actual gun, like the AR-15, and then his hand cannons yeah. here. But listed on the on the uh, on the little graphic that comes down, it's the uh, it says Derringer, mm-hmm. and I split second was like, I know what that is. That's the little little pistol. And then my silly mind was like, Huh, I wonder if that's the same one they used in Wild Wild West. <laughs> sure enough, sure enough, it's totally that belt gun that uh um what's his name kevin klein gives him gives to jim west uh, at the so end cool. when he goes to to loveless's little little so layer little or wild, wild wild west so yeah little, it's totally and then that's what he got he the uses. noisy cricket too right if you go back yeah, to yeah so they so will smith has this continuity yeah. of these tiny little guns of uh, tiny guns they <laughs> should have put every alien they should put every gun he's ever used in neuralizer cinema. like all <laughs> the, is it yeah the yeah. 
the I don't know. Oh, but no, I do think noisy I mean, cricket, a derringer. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. he have a gun in Independence? I Day? do. I do. I don't know if if he used if Deadshot the character actually used this little tiny gun. Maybe it was just like a little ha, gotcha, bang. Like, oh, I'm sure up his sleeve or whatever. Or if it is a call to Wild Wild West. If it's a call to Wild Wild West, I'm about that, and <laughs> I love that. That does he use it in the film, or is it used? It's in the film? it's Kevin Klein's gun that's on his belt, but he gives it to Jim West at the end. I don't know who and, these characters are. Uh, Jim West is Will Smith. Kevin Klein is mm-hmm. um, what was his name? He's Kevin Klein. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you have a good memory there. Yeah. Did we ever talk about how Wild Wild West relates to Superman? I think we did once about the giant spider, John, Peter. John Peters. Yeah, yeah, John <laughs> Peters and the the world engine with the tentacles and stuff like that. Like, yeah, all all full circle. Yeah, Wild Wild That's West. That's the punchline to uh, Kevin Smith's uh, talk uh, talk series. Right, he's he's sharing how uh, the origin uh, the origins of the Superman script that he was writing. And then, you know, they didn't mm-hmm. go anywhere. And then one day he's sitting in the movie theater watching Wild Wild West. And then suddenly in the third act, a giant mechanical spider. So that's, that, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But at least Man of Steel got the polar bear. So we're yeah, good on that. That's right. Um, so, yeah, we, we're doing a little little infographic on uh, Deadshot here. Um, it says that he has, for some reason, the important details, besides all the guns that he's used and, like, how good he is, um, they include family, ex-wife, and daughter, because I they want you to keep that in mind for like the scenes coming up. That it's like, hey, he has a family. That's I'll go more into that. Um, I yes. think in maybe in tomorrow's minute when it yeah, shows save him. it when yeah. she actually shows up. Um, just pointing out that they they you know the team the team behind making the film they put that in for a reason, and that's to subtle like i guess subconsciously get the audience because it's not something that you you know turn to the person next to you oh, put his family as an ex-wife and daughter but it's like like hey let that bake in your mind a bit there's only two um, things important to this man it's guns yes. guns and his family <laughs> okay the that's only three thing things important I guess. To me, <laughs> yeah the only thing important to me is the second amendment and my family <laughs> um in in the following shot, it is a wide establishing shot of a cityscape. Is this Gotham, and how will I know that? Uh, there's a couple ways you can figure out it's Gotham. Uh, well, not in this shot, you can't tell it, but immediately after <laughs> it, he's driving up in uh, a white truck, and you can see on the plates, it's Gotham plates. Um, it has the coloring of Pennsylvania. So, so there, Gotham keeps moving, right? It's not in New Jersey now, now it's in Pennsylvania. But uh, if you, on the close-up, you can actually see it's Gotham City. Um, or at the very bottom in the blue bar, it says, visit Gotham City. So. Huh. Oh, is it the, uh, the front the license, license Yeah, plate? front license yeah. plate, go back. How are you You gotta be quick, that? man. You yeah. gotta be quick. All right, one second. Hold and, and, nope. And not and, happening. How are you reading that? It's so tiny, microscopic. You sure it's a front license plate? I, I have yeah. a I have a four K version of. There you go. See what are we doing? <laughs> Not professional. Yeah. Well. What is this? Four um, K. That's cool. I, I mean, I just as, I assumed. Version, I don't like. I don't like it when. It's I not mean, concrete. No. What do you mean? The details? No, not the oh. details. Um, I think Batman should do his normal batmanning in gotham 
During the day? No, not during oh, the day. Oh, what do you mean? But, like, I mean, I assume that uh, later on we see that, I mean, I know the city, cityscape is uh, is Gotham just because my mind works that Deadshot operates out of Gotham. That's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. you know, what you I know. know. We're supposed but to I guess assume the Batman yeah. villain that he's in Gotham. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. But I don't I don't know to a general audience. I Maybe you don't know it's Gotham until later on. Like, you always need, like... Um, and I'm not saying with every Batman story, and that's kind of why you that's need a wind tower. You need, oh, yeah, <laughs> these buildings they have signs on them, right? And, yeah. and you know, if we take a closer look, we might see like, oh, Ace Chemicals in the background because Neon Science has Ace yeah. on it. But I don't know. You know how the cities have buildings, and you know when in, in like uh, most films that use like real locations, it'll be like Seattle. So you get the Seattle building, and then. San Francisco's got those buildings and <laughs> New York's <laughs> got, got those bridge. buildings and <laughs> Miami's got those buildings on the beach. And so like, you know, those buildings. Yeah. I don't know. Building names. What's Sears tower called nowadays? Willis uh, tower. Yeah. Willis tower. Go. The Chicago yeah. one. You get the Chicago buildings, you know, from transformers and you go, Oh, I saw that building in man of steel. As oh well. yeah. Sentinel ripped yeah. that thing apart. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so when it comes to Gotham, it's like, um, I, I don't know if there's an iconic shaped building, and you know, Daily yeah, Planet, Wayne Tower is in Daily Planet right. has that, Just and Wayne, Wayne Tower does have the. It the looks Batman like a bat, ears. yeah, it looks like bat ears, um, and it's it's like bat ears mixed with a W. Um, they got that spotlight though at night, so as, <laughs> as long as it's night and you see a spotlight yeah. and a bat symbol, you're like, okay, that's or Gotham. Just have airships. Oh, yeah. Put a Just bring back airships, and we'll know that it's gone. Yeah, the animated look, yeah. stamped yeah. zeppelins in our brain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I want it. I, I want. I'm, it. I'm I still want it. Perfectly fine with Batman and Gotham being, you know, just That's the only thing I want Matt Reeves to do. Always I don't care stuck what you do, man. in just the 1920s. In I just want airships. Yeah. I want. I want the light source Noir in the aspect. film to be from. The spotlights. Yeah. I want that Pacific Rim feeling. You we know? got it. We'll do it. Yeah, we'll we're gonna it. call you up, Matt Reeves. We'll do, we'll do <laughs> the noir. We'll do the noir us. Batman creature. Um, we got this. We got this. <laughs> Just put the giant capital T building somewhere in the distance. Teen Titans out there in the ocean, like Jump City and whatnot. Jump City. Where is that? I don't. That, that's no can't. You can't ask those. It, yeah. Is, is the Titans Tower in Gotham in the normal mainstream universe? I'm actually. I actually don't know that. I don't know this. Okay. Uh, George, George Perez, if you're listening, call us too. I think uh, it changes. Conference call the whole thing. Um, I feel like in the original run, it did. It was outside of Gotham. Maybe so Batman could keep his eyes on on Robin. the coast. Well, you better straighten up. Yeah, but <laughs> then but then everybody moved to Blue Haven, and then they had apartments there, and uh, it's all sorts of things. And then uh, Tim Drake moved it into that one clock tower. What I'm saying is, you can't really tell that this is Gotham. And that might be a good thing. It might, you know, I'm not dogging on it, but it is kind of hard because I feel like the whole point of these cityscapes is to let you know where you are. Um, otherwise, it might just be like any city. I don't know, maybe USA. it's just yeah, signifying scene change, I guess. Um, but it is kind of cool to kind of, you know, the cityscape is beautiful. It's a beautiful shot. It gets it's very pleasing on you know the audience's brain as we get ready for a new scene, like kind of blank slate, but. You know, bring in some uh, some identifiers. You know, some unique unique ones. Um, but yeah, this is where we see uh, Will Smith or Deadshot, Floyd Lawton, uh, Floyd Lawton, Will uh -huh. Smith, um, getting ready for this kind of mission that he's on, and he's putting on the Tech Monocle Scouter, and 
I wish he would do this throughout the film and just you don't have to wear the mask because I get the I want the mask the ask the actor thing where yeah. he's got to you know show his face for for money but at least wear the monocle right <laughs> which is what they do yeah for this for the later on he has his ma- he puts his mask on in this sequence like this little flashback sequence I think it's in tomorrow's minute mm-hmm. but I think he puts it on one more time no he doesn't put it all when they're on the street yeah I don't we'll, think we'll and then I don't think it's, it on when it's he- functional to put it on like because it is kind of weird to just be walking around with it just generically man <laughs> it's really know. hot to wear you know, <laughs> I don't care sweaty. I want that. Now, how many flashbacks are we deep in at this scene? I mean, because this is him. This is Waller retelling uh, the dossier, which is retelling uh, him on the roof. And he's thinking back to his prep, right? So that's like four flashbacks deep in or something like that. And they expect the audience to keep up. So I I guess there's a very like fast paced, you know, like uh, for modern young audiences that can keep track of this kind of thing. You're four flashbacks, four flashbacks deep, right? I mean, that's roughly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're. Were we watching? This is this is Inception, right? We're doing Inception in it. Yeah. We just need the Zimmer Smith drone. Was angry. Yeah. yeah, he didn't. He was not happy that he wasn't included in the film. So he was like, "I'll do my own," you know, <laughs> make my own Inception, and it's called <laughs> Deadception. Um, <laughs> so he he's uh he's kind of putting these uh these little monitors around the perimeter that he's carrying out his mission in um and monitor, then he, monitor just one i think and then, uh is it just one i think it's just the we one. only it's see the, the one, one monitor, but later actually. he flips between multiple camera views i think three or four mm-hmm. okay oh good for yeah. him yeah so Thorough. he's he's calling this guy uh he says angelo i'm here to take care of your rat problem um is is Angelo? Is that a name that that pops up for anyone? Is that is that nope. something of interest, or is that just MacGuffin character? That doesn't ring a bell with me. I think it's just yeah, just it's Angelo. Just, I think it's just people in crime. just New Jersey people. Yeah. New Jersey, Angelo. they're not Gotham people. <laughs> not, yeah, same same thing. I think Gotham has also been considered its own state. Like Gotham City, Gotham, Gotham City, like comma Gotham. New York City, New York. City. Yeah, it's, just, it's uh, York. going Maybe, back to BBS on those fake. letters. It also says uh, Gotham County uh, on the uh, post. Yeah. So at least there's a county for it. We got a county. Yeah, we like, got a state. Like New York we County, got New York City, New streets. York. Yep. We got coffee shops. Everything <laughs> Gotham. Yeah. So, and then, you know, you can find me. I live on New York Street, New York County, New York city new york state gotham block new york country yeah we're gonna name a whole planet new york Mm -hmm. i think that's maybe that's a bit of trivia we can confuse people because a lot of i think there's there's a really popular trivia question that's like gotham city is normally considered what oh and the the correct answer is new york just because they have deemed it that like that's just what i guess is just what it's called maybe the trick is is that a mandela effect i have no idea maybe the trick is just saying hey um it's actually new jersey <laughs> see i i want to say that now when people ask that question is like what is the what is what state well okay so what like is gotham in, in the real world now, i want to say our new real jersey. world gotham is new york i know that but i'm saying i don't like that <laughs> i'm saying that with you I, i'm right there with you man because metropolis is in new york as well <laughs> yeah exactly exactly when the, i'm in metropolis during the day and then it's uh gotham at night right yeah i guess that's the whole 
I, I mean, it's, it's the dichotomy of it, but come on. Let's, but, uh, yeah. I like let's be, let's be is. correct, guys. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's start a petition. Correct. Let's be correct. <laughs> let's be correct. Um, I have some more thoughts about uh, some Angela? of the monocle thing, but oh. I was going to save it for tomorrow's minute because we're going to okay. see a lot more of it. But the last note I had about this one was the fact that that he has like this banking account summary going on. So yep. it has like a list of his transactions, but you see those actual cities come into play. Um, you see Midway city, which is, we're going to get real familiar with that city in this film. And then Metropolis has kind of like a, like a little nickname because all the characters didn't fit on it. Um, but there's some other ones in there. Again, I don't know anything about the numbers. There's a lot of numbers. I'm not going to be able to figure out all this. So I will leave that to the audience. I'll probably screen cap this and send it it's out. Not, he's not getting a lot of money. Those are transactions he spent. Oh, he spent yeah, exactly are... zero point, or his balance is perfect at zero point zero zero. So he had to get to yeah. eighteen ninety nine and then spend that eighteen ninety nine. It was really convenient. Yeah. What do you think that is like or filling maybe up the that's car? His dead shot. OC, OCD. His perfection. Yeah, maybe yeah, he's that's just, right. Yeah, yeah. He's just really frugal. Yeah. Or he's, he's all just zeros. always on. He's always on the on the all point. All zeros, baby. Yeah. Uh, oh man, he'll be. A, he'd be an amazing just retail big shot. Yeah, I think he has OCD. I mean, I mean we're talking about metahumans. Is like a you're chasing the real in in this you know DC cinematic universe. Like, yeah, he's he's when he starts talking about like how he how he is so never sharp, misses he's yeah. like talking about like gravity and wind resistance and, and it's like you have ocd man you, you think he's punctual like he's never late you missed this calling oh, he yeah. should have been an accountant right <laughs> yeah yeah or a bus driver the man who never misses a punctuation or a man who never misses a decimal dot or a cent that that would have been his uh yeah his alternate calling even like I'm surprised that he put the like the little monitor on the fence. He didn't like take a leveler and was like, all right, I gotta make sure it's just straight on there, you know? Will Smith in the new film The Aviator <laughs> coming this fall. Um that's yeah, but uh, yeah, he's Wave of the Future, Wave of the Future. It's kinda cool to see these like little transactions and and stuff like that. Um yeah, that's that's the last one I had for this one. That's some fast banking. I wish my banking was that fast, man. Oh, where is it? Venmo is coming close, but <laughs> I had more on that on another minute. But I think the the short short answer for that is I gotta believe that he's using some sort of underground banking system, sort of like John Wick in the uh, Continental, right? Because like, <coughs> there is no way that you're clearing two million in like ten seconds <laughs> in a normal banking system. So it's got to be some yeah. underworld criminal like banking app or something like that. That would be a really cool. Batman. I'm waiting villain. for Black Mask, man. Like he needs criminal, to come in. Like, well, yeah, but think of like, okay, new Batman villain, but he and try to get it into more like the more modern age with kids our age, like being really good at coding and tech and stuff. And so you're helping these old villains create their criminal empire underworld, like they always do, like Black Mask. But then you get newer kids who are like, I'm also a villain, and I can it's make like, that. IT infrastructure for you so that you have Toy your master. own internet, your own like proxy servers, your own like banking system. Like that's what he did being, for an, like, you know, it's, it's probably Lex Luthor. I mean, you see how tech savvy that guy is and you see how much money yeah. he has even after he goes down in BVS. So who's running the underground banking system? Why not Lex? You know? Yeah, but 
you, wanna, you want it to a be new a character. new young guy. <laughs> yeah. I want it to I want it to be like like uh uh when um yeah, you said Greg Capullo and like Scott Snyder when they were like starting to make their their own kind of characters where like Bluebird was involved true, true. and stuff like that. Like um I even in Superman uh, there was Brett Booth or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Brett mm-hmm. Booth had Toy Master in New Fifty Two, and he was um, on the uh, Batman Superman title, mm-hmm. and he started as like this guy that was like, "Oh, I'm gonna reveal the identities of Batman Superman, yada yada yada." Mm-hmm. And he was just like messing with him, and then he was like, "Hey, I was just trying to get your guys' attention. I'm like your biggest fan, and I want to work with you." And yeah. He became like their guy in the chair. Uh, I know in New Fifty Two, like Tim Drake worked for LexCorp. Yep, and he was like. Yep. Co- like covertly just a, a little IT kid. Um in uh in the Spider Man books, do you remember what was his name? The cardiac. He was like an underworld med- medic. Oh yeah, yeah, that guy was cool. Yeah. And so he would help people in the underground, but he was like he wasn't like a hero, but he, he was like night nurse, but he was if a she vigilante went to like a steel costume. He was like Robin Hood, but he was like a walking ambulance. There you go. <laughs> Um, yeah. and so like that kind of stuff seems like a really cool idea to do like like yeah street level make a character ideas. who's running an underground banking system and like corruptly financing the wrong people in, in society like that you're on to some mm-hmm. we hit i think we struck some uh some gold here um we're gonna go ahead and wrap up for today if you enjoyed everything you heard you can find us on all social media at dceu minutes and the facebook group the dc cinematic minute listener society where you can chat with us uh past guests of the show and other listeners and we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number seven of suicide squad minute